0: Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> you are talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asian Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts.
1: This is Brandon Kelly, the host of Blue Wire's new podcast, Golden Goal. takes
0: everybody up.
1: From Lionel Messi to Marta to Pele, our show takes a deep dive into soccer superstars. What a World Cup for Megan Rapinoe. From Zlatan Ibrahimović's brash confidence with the play to back it up, to Megan Rapinoe's heroic outspokenness and World Cup flair.
0: Down, Patrick Mahomes with a rope. This one, Adams touchdown. This time going deep for Beckham Jr.
2: Hello everyone, welcome back to Road of His Overtime and Road of His Radio, brought to you by BetOnline.ag and the FFPC. My name's Colin Kelly, you can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland, I'm joined as always by Sean Siegel as we get ready for the NFL season, get ready for fantasy football season, and this week in particular we're getting ready for the Scottish Fish Bowl. it is SFB. X coming up the 10th annual edition and Sean on today's show in just a moment we're going to be joined by the man behind all of that idea. We're going to be joined today and on Thursday's show by Scott Fish. We're going to go through uh, a lot of Scott Fish Bowl topics and uh, a lot of different things behind the, behind the Scott Fish Bowl as well as maybe our draft strategies throughout the Scott Fish Bowl. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to this. Scott will be jumping on in just a little moment. Sean let's start it off as normal. How are you doing this week?
3: Excellent. Exciting to have Scott on. Uh, Drafts are are ramping up in all formats. As listeners know uh, from last week's show, uh, Curtis Patrick and I are participating in the FFPC Pros versus Joe's Dynasty Superflex draft, and that's been a lot of fun. Uh, Sometimes it's better to be lucky than good. Certainly, if you can put those two things together, then you've got a decent chance. Uh, We had the number one overall pick if you have that choice between Christian McCaffrey and Patrick Mahomes. Obviously you're off to a fast start. And then when we were on the clock with our pick, the nine Oh one out of nowhere, that's when the announcement came that the Patriots had signed Cam Newton, certainly in a super flex draft that has, uh, that creates a pretty big splash, right? So we're sitting there. We had the choice. We did go ahead and trade out of it and pick up a few other things. But having that pick suddenly become become more valuable uh, was a big boon to us. And that brings us into today's FFPC stat attack If you go into the FFPC ADP tool, you check out the Superflex version of it, you pull out the risers and fallers, you will see that even just in the last couple of days, Cam Newton has risen 31 spots. Uh, I think we can expect him to rise quite a bit more in that particular format. So get in there, check out those risers and fallers, but already 31 spots for Cam Newton. That's today's FFPC stat attack
2: yeah and i've been following along as curtis has given updates on that draft and uh, it's been a lot of fun but some really really sharp moves and nothing less would be expected by curtis and yourself but uh, the team is uh, turning out to be to be quite a powerhouse as we get through those early rounds off the draft as you mentioned that is the ffpc stat attack and the ffpc are the home to the best fantasy football leagues and contests in the industry including dynasty basketball and of course the world famous ffpc main event to learn more or to join the league today head on over to my ffpc Dot com that's my ffpc.com and of course on the website is always a handful of tools specifically designed for ffpc domination with the scott fishbowl this week as well we have tools up there specifically designed for sfbx domination so be sure and check out those great tools up on the website so without any further ado let's get to the man himself it is mr scott fish scott as always it's it's probably been too long. I think it might be two years since I last on a podcast with you. We used to do them quite regular, but uh, it's it's an absolute pleasure to have you to jump on here onto the, the road of his overtime podcast.
4: Yeah, thanks for having me it it has been it's been far too long since we've talked man it's <laughs> I, I miss that accent i miss uh, I miss talking to that accent.
2: Uh, that's too kind of you, uh, Scott. But um, we're going to kick it off. We're going to dive in. We've lots to talk about. Obviously, Scott Fishbowl kicking off this coming week, and it's going to be a huge amount of fun. I guess there there was some changes, obviously, from last year's score into this year's. Uh, do you want to run through some of the the developments? Maybe some of the the more exciting things that you you think that you found the the kind of perfect mix for in, in 2020's edition of the, sure. the the contest.
4: Yeah, maybe I'll just maybe I'll just give a give a basic. What the scoring is this year? That might be a, a a little a little easier. I change the scoring every year. Last year I had video game scoring with with giant bonuses for for if you got fifty yards or three hundred yards pass, fifty yards rushing, receiving hundred or uh, three hundred uh, passing and stuff like that. This year I took those away. Um, this year it's it's got some basic stuff that you probably have in your normal leagues. All touchdowns are six points. That's fairly normal out there. I mean, there's a lot of four-point passing touchdown leagues, but six-point touchdowns for everybody, pretty normal. Half PPR league, pretty normal. Uh, One point for 25 yards passing, one point for uh, 10 yards rushing and receiving, very normal. And then on top of that, uh, something I've done for at least three or four years now is have points per first down, and in this specific year, it's half point per first down uh, rushing and receiving. I don't do passing, so here's where the and I always do tight end premium. So tight ends get an extra half point per first down and an extra half point PPR. So they basically get double what wide receivers. So it's uh, it's a decent tight end premium that actually makes a difference. But the the real tweak I made this year was with the quarterbacks. Uh, they they get your normal stuff that that most leagues have, but then they also lose a point if they take a sack. They lose a point if they throw an incompletion and then they gain a point, gain a half point, excuse me, if they throw a completion. So every time, every time Drew Bies drops back and throws a completion, he's gained a half point. But he throws an incompletion, loses a point. Basically that comes out to you want a quarterback who gets, you know, two-thirds of his passes completed in a game. Um, and, and it's 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 basically what I did there is to try to make you look after look for accurate quarterbacks and also ones that don't take sacks. Uh, there's a lot of debate out there and a lot of very smart people, probably smarter than me, uh, think that sacks are much more of a quarterback sat, stat than an offensive line stat. So I wanted to throw that wrinkle in there and have that discussion, you know, be in existence. So basically I made the quarterbacks at a point where you need accurate ones. That's going to change the dynamic. You you separate the tiers a little between good and bad quarterbacks, and uh, threw in that that minus one for a sack. Just you know something interesting there. And what happened with the scoring when I when I did all of that is it came out crazy balanced between the positions.
3: Well, Scott, we're obviously big fans of the event as as everyone, and we have a, a variety of articles each year focusing on. The tournament we've got some sfb tools added a couple more this year those free to the users uh, where a lot of our normal tools are not Hassan rahim has broken down the scoring format and provided some strategy recommendations and you just mentioned this first down scoring element Hassan talks about how this really benefits the bell cow qbs if you look at uh, last year's top 10 scorers using this scoring format, you would have seven running backs, two tight ends, one wide receiver, and that's outside of the quarterback position. What types of feedback do you receive on the first down scoring? And do you agree that owners should be attacking the running back position early?
4: Uh, I do agree. They should be attacking the running back position early because uh, as I'm sure you've, people have figured out, I'm sure you figured out that uh first downs are, are pretty highly correlated with that bell cow with that with lots of touches lot, and lots of targets. Um so I would I would definitely be uh attacking running backs early if not for the fact that those bell cow backs disappear quickly in drafts and this is one of those years where uh, it seems like even in non-first-down scoring leagues, running backs are going early. Uh, First-down scoring does tend to lean towards the running backs a little. It's, it's one of my ways to make uh, running backs and wide receivers a little more balanced. Um, touching on the quarterbacks, I think, I think Lamar Jackson had something like 70 rushing first downs last year. I, I don't know that that can be repeated, but that's, that is quite a boom for, for a guy like that.
3: He did have a crazy score
2: that's definitely going to, to really affect um you know certain quarterbacks but obviously the rushing quarterbacks and somebody like lamar jackson there's gonna be other quarterbacks that are, are really not going to have any of those first downs. you know when we get a lot of litter in it you're gonna be looking at guys like philip rivers who probably hasn't rushed for a first down his entire career maybe at, the, <laughs> at this point so there, there's things like that but with with the, the penalties to the, the quarterbacks how do you anticipate the the drafters maybe going in do you think that's something that obviously when we're looking at it, it's hard to say like everyone's going to figure out this or everyone's going to figure out that there's gonna be a lot of this that people are going to attack from very different angles mm-hmm. do you think people are going to underreact or overreact to the the quarterback penalties and that the quarterbacks you know uh score changes for for this edition of the, the contest
4: I think it's going to be all over the map. What we've noticed in SFB over the years is just every draft is so different. And and I feel like some people will under, some people will over, some people will feel like they properly assessed it. And it's part of why I score things the way I do to create that, that draft chaos where you, uh, you both don't know exactly what you're doing, but also you can come out of the draft and justify what you've done. You're like, well, quarterbacks get this. so That's why I did this. Or tight end premium is this. So that's why I, I loaded up here. Like, no matter what you do, you're going to be able to try to justify it. With the quarterbacks, you're right. The penalties are are big. I, I mean, I, I mentioned the minus one for a sack, minus one for an You also get minus four for an interception. And minus two more if you throw a pick six. So Jameis Winston is a guy who, in your regular leagues, was probably a top seven quarterback last year, and he didn't even crack the top fifteen or sixteen in the, in this scoring because <laughs> you get so many negative points for for not doing things you know well in the NFL. And and there's also there's also potential scenarios. A lot of a lot of uh, especially lower end quarterbacks. Sometimes they get negative games in this in this format. Maybe not hugely negative, but the, you could get a negative game out of a
3: quarterback with all those penalties. That's one of the elements I think it has the potential to be a lot of fun. We're going to talk about that in the second show, looking at it with Blair's tool that he built. But yeah, that it reminds me a lot of some of the home leagues that I've had in the past where you have these big defensive penalties which i like i mean if your defense gets shelled then you know it shouldn't just be zero i mean you could go negative and that creates that sort of question for monday night games if you're leading by two or three points you have a bad defense uh is it legitimate to to bench that defense that kind of thing i think sort of a fun element there scott superflex right now is absolutely gigantic in fantasy it's just really exploded across the fantasy landscape especially i think uh, in these dynasty startup drafts where it helps to balance the positions you talked about balancing the positions you know, creating a more fair draft in terms of looking at this superflex explosion you know i like to give credit to sal and, and the 2qb team obviously uh, they were big drivers of that big fans of the format but i don't think there's any question that the excitement around sfb the success of Superflex in your format has been just a huge driver of this enthusiasm. Once people have played this, they don't want to go back. So sort of outside of Fantasy Cares and the way that SFB has galvanized the fantasy community, brought it together, that kind of thing, which certainly I think is the biggest legacy, would you say that the emergence of Superflex is likely to be maybe SFB's biggest impact specifically in terms of fantasy football?
4: Dear Lord, that, that would be amazing if, if, if that gets credit for that <laughs> because uh, I believe that's – I don't know that it's true, but I, I, I like the idea that it's really pushed the format and helped push the format. And you're right, Sal did a, a ton to, to help push that format. Um, one, one fun interesting fact about SFB, it has been superflank since year one in 2010. So this is a 10-year push of Superflex uh, with SFB. And I can tell you uh, just just the data watching SFB or watching Superflex alone. So uh, I, run, I run low stakes, uh, a low stakes commissioner service uh, called Safe Leagues. Um, and we have now gotten to the point where we can't even open one QB Dynasty Leagues anymore because last year... Uh, the last two years they went from filling about three times as slow to filling about seven times as slow to it's, it's, it's ridiculous how slow one QB leagues fill. And the when people leave them, they, you know, it's harder to find replacements in one QB leagues. Um, sometimes one QB league, repl- uh, orphan teams need to be discounted. Whereas the superflex ones, they just fly. They don't people. That's what people are looking for. It's, it's gotten to the point where it's bad business, and, and probably for home leagues, I would never recommend m- making a, a league that isn't super flex at this point because, it's it's it's, I think I've made this comparison before, that it's kind of like when like right at that precipice of when standard like shifted to PPR or touchdown only started adding yardage, like it's just the way everything's going, and it's tougher to find people that want to play that old format.
3: It definitely is the superflex is is so much fun there, and uh, SFB definitely a big part of that.
2: I think as well when you look, Scott, the first SFB was was it twenty ten or twenty eleven? Twenty ten. Yeah, so I think like that, that must have been pr- pretty pretty early in the, the superflex you know jump, and uh, I do think that like you know having yourself involved, having Ryan McDowell involved, you know, with him and his influence on the the dynasty community, I, I think what Sean said at the start, I think they're like. It mightn't be thought of that way, but I definitely think there's a has to be some sort of a correlation. So we'll have to get somebody to break down the analytics on the, <laughs> the development of the format. But uh, definitely, I think there there has to be some credit given there.
4: I appreciate that. I've I've never even thought of that or considered that because I know it was a thing before before I you know started SFB Superflex was definitely a thing, but it was probably you're right probably early. But sometimes you, you forget how events like this or you know the right people start backing things you know, what kind of influence that can have on even, you know, the entire industry for a certain thing
2: allow me a moment to tell you about our friends over at betonline.ag sports are slowly making their way back and bet online is leading the way with the best odds and lines for all ufc nascar boxing and soccer matches and if you need even more they have simulated nfl nba and ufc simulations every day all day live on their website looking for something else other than sports bet online is hundreds of casino games poker tournaments prop bets to check out Visit BetOnline.ag today and use the promo code BlueWire for a free welcome bonus. That promo code is BlueWire, all one word. Once again, the website is Betonline.ag. BetOnline, your online wagering experts. I'm Dave Cabin, host
4: of the Rotoviz Fantasy Football Podcast. I wanted to take a moment to thank you for supporting RotoViz Radio. We love producing these shows and we hope that you love listening to them. As a thank you, Royal Podcast listeners can get 10% off of a one-year Rotovis subscription by using the promo code 2020RVRadio at checkout. We have some of the very best tools, articles, and analysts in the business and can't wait to lead you on the path to greatness. If you haven't done so yet, do us a favor and take a minute to rate and review this podcast. Thanks again for listening. Now let's get into the show.
3: Scott, before we go any further, I have to ask one of my favorite stories, and it really seems too good to be true. Uh, is it in fact the case that Sean Spencer is a big participant in SMB, contributor to Fantasy Cares? Uh, how do we get one of the all-time great uh detectives in <laughs> really human history uh, into the sfb here
4: oh man it's there that's it's kind of a fun story he's played for i believe this is his third year playing now um and if i knew you were that you were a big fan i would have i would have tried to get you in the same division as him man <laughs> um yeah so uh uh james Roday uh has played for about three years uh he's actually a real life friend of Liz Loza and Liz contacted me, shot me an email about three years ago and said, Hey, you need to get James in this league. And so got James in and, uh, yeah, he's, he's been a really awesome, good, good, you know, good supporter of a fantasy cares. Um, he he's definitely, <laughs> definitely gone above and beyond in donating to, to help, uh, Help uh, bring toys to kids at Christmas time, and, and not only that, he actually uh, brought in a writer, uh, a TV writer that also has been uh, that played in fa- played in SFB for the last uh, couple of years. That that has been very nice to Fantasy Cares, but yeah, Sean Spencer, a three year participant now, and he's uh, it, it's very awesome to to have him in the league. Lots lots of really cool
3: people in this league. That's that's amazing, and I guess now we know where to go. We need to to get in touch with Liz if we want to find some uh, insight or spoilers on this second psych movie. Now I don't know that for any of these other people that I have watched every one of their episodes twice and could give you most of the lines, but you did mention there are some other uh, very fun names also in the event this year.
4: Yeah, yeah, sure. There's uh Tom Everett Scott who is, you know, in that thing you do and uh he's in diary of a wimpy kid long haul that my son watches (laughs) he's that age group but a bunch (laughs) thomas Everett scott is in a lot of movies and he's in it uh shane battier uh, two-time nba champion shane battier plays in it um of course i mentioned some before the show and now i'm i'm scott porter jason street from friday night lights he's in it um there's there's some really cool really there's you wouldn't expect it but yeah there's some celebrities playing in this thing
2: yeah friday night lights uh one of one of my all-time favorites anyway for sure and you know you talk about like i guess we're talking about like hollywood celebrities there's there's a huge amount then when you look at taking just the the fantasy analysts into it as well just like everyone across the industry and there's not many people that aren't involved in that we didn't even mention this at the start scott but what what number are we up to at this point? I, I see on the the website the ticker has shown that I believe it's for next year that, or this year. There's t- over ten thousand have signed up. How many actually are participating?
4: Yeah, there's there's yeah ten thousand two hundred or three hundred signed up. Well over ten thousand signed up for this, and I got one thousand four hundred forty to play in SFBX. Uh, so that's one hundred twenty divisions of twelve. So fourteen forty. And then just because uh, just I feel bad because not everyone can get in, I made another 1,440 team best ball tournament on the side of SFBX, an SFBX best ball tournament, and I filled that up in about a day and a half
2: this is one of them things that i think uh you know if you had a film you started off in, in this year and you said like this is where it all started when you're sitting in front of uh, like an excel spreadsheet deciding these divisions uh I, I don't think you could have ever thought at the, no. the start that we get to this point and i'm guessing uh i don't know but is there a limit to uh, where, where it can go in terms of the, the overall com- competitors that can be involved?
4: I, I honestly don't know. It all depends on how much help I have and how well I can code and organize it. Um, I, I've I've never wanted to, you know, just make a giant jump to everybody. Um, then then I, I think part of it might lose some steam. I, I don't know, maybe not. But I think part of it is, you know, Getting to know that when you sign up, you have like a, a percentage chance at playing with you know Matthew Barry or Jamie Eisenberg or whoever you know like uh, you're gonna have a a a draft that's, you know a division with a bunch of these big name analysts these Evan Silva types you know or or Sean Spencer so uh, if 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 it's ten thousand teams like you're shot at playing with one of those you might be you might be in a division with Eleven, just regular fans, like you know, like any, like anyone listening to the podcast, probably that just you, you might not know anybody. And I, I think if I grow it too big um, and don't have enough, uh, you know, enough diversity for that, it it might lose some luster. I will say next year, next year is going to be interesting because the plan for next year was actually the plan for this year, but we had to move it back due to COVID um sfb 11 the plan is to have live events all over the country and hopefully and and i know some are on board some of these big name analysts will host these events um all over the country so you can go to a live sfb 11 draft possibly in a city near you that's the plan for next year so that's going to take a whole nother level of organization (laughs)
3: That does sound pretty amazing there. Scott, to finish up, we'll have more on the second show as well. But to finish up the first show here, let's look at a little bit more of the tactics that might come into play. One of the things that is a lot of fun with this SFB format is that it creates the potential for some huge scoring gaps between the top players and everybody else, maybe not quite to the extent as with the video game scoring, but we still see that. And yet at the same time, it's a very deep format with 11 starters. So if you want to have a team that's going to compete for this overall title to be the best player out of you know, over a thousand entries, you're going to have to nail that early pick, but also build out great depth on your team. Anytime you go into a fantasy draft, obviously what you're trying <laughs> to do is make the best pick each time you're on the clock. But do you personally believe one element is more important than the other, say, superstars or depth? And is this dynamic, both with the top guys and then this great depth in the starting lineup, is that something uh, you set out to create uh, when you were developing the contest?
4: So... (sighs) I think that what I've set out to create is just merely to to balance the positions value wise against each other. I I realize that, you know, the, the from from there there are some real high top guys and then there's some drop offs and, but uh, when you look at the top, say fifty players from last year, you get twenty one running backs and twenty two wide receivers. Like I I want it to be, somewhat balanced enough to create enough chaos, but. As far as strategy to how to play the draft, I have a strategy in balanced formats that I've used for years. And, and I will say, I think I've only had maybe two, maybe only one, but I think just one or two seasons under 500 in SFB because my the way I always play it, because you can start up to seven wide receivers... I always play it where I attack the tight end premium. I attack my quarterbacks and I get at least one stud running back because I feel like if I, if I I feel like I can grab 10 wide receivers and figure it out over the course of the season. Um, I I feel like, as you mentioned, it's, it, it can be pretty deep. I feel like if you if you want to, you can just grab a ton of wide receivers and use the waver, waiver wire a little bit. See if you can get something there and just match up play a ton of wide receivers as long as you have that strong starting core because everything's so decently balanced. I'm not saying it's the right strategy. I'm saying there's a ton of stra- – tons of strategies you can use. That's just the way I go. That's the way I prefer. That's I, I've had a lot of good success with that. Um getting the top end at the position at the other positions and and just playing uh, a ton of wide receivers
2: i think one of the things that makes that so interesting as well is the you know the additional flex spots so it is obviously super flex most people are going to start two quarterbacks but there is a lot of ways you can attack it you know from any position you know you can go go heavier tight end and less at receiver you can go heavy at running back and you know change things around that way so it's always very strategic at this point and everyone will tell you at this point they, they have the, the formula to go ahead and win it but the one thing that i find with uh, sfb every year i think this might be my fifth or sixth year now in it is that each and every time that you do it the the draft and what actually then occurs after it <laughs> are two very different things <laughs> so it's gonna it's gonna be a lot of fun as we get get ready to to draft for this one but scott we didn't uh mentioned obviously fantasy cares or sean did mention earlier but in terms of the overall uh, idea of it fantasy cares is something that does A huge amount of good each and every single year. This year, you changed it a little bit, where it wasn't solely fantasy cares. You could use that option, but it was more uh, to get across the charitable element. And I think that's one of the best things about uh, the contest in general is it really has brought together the entire uh, fantasy football community. Whether it is somebody like you mentioned, like you know Evan Silva, Matthew Berry, those guys at the very top, and then the, the the people who play across the world um all get to be involved but they all also get to be involved in the charity aspect and i think that's such a an amazing thing Uh, from the very outset i was impressed with but what it's grown to is just incredible but if you want to give a a mention to uh fantasy cares or any of the other stuff like that feel free to to jump ahead and do so
4: yeah sure and man what a journey that that has been i i have been pushing adding a charitable element to your league for nearly a decade the better part of a decade in leagues uh er, on radio on podcasts etc and hosts have never given me a problem they've always when I've come on and I'm like during my you got anything to plug I'm usually like if you're, if you're in a <laughs> league give one entry fee to charity you're not gonna miss it your league is going to you know rally behind it it's a very little bit it can do a lot of good we have a 100,000 fantasy leagues out there if we all do just a little bit we can do a ton of good and I've pushed that and pushed that to the point where with SFB it's become it's basically become a giant charity event and uh this year as you mentioned I realized there's a ton going on there's between COVID, between racial injustice, be, there's a lot of stuff going on in the world, and I, I, said to myself, you know what? It'd be great if you donated to to us to uh, get toys at Christmas time, and uh, and we do that through the potathon, through t-shirt sales, through um, uh, we John Bosch runs some celebrity eliminators. Uh, those are ways that we can, you know, fundraise some money to buy toys at, at Christmas time. But instead of opening up the main Fantasy Cares donation spot, I I challenged the league. I challenged everyone who was invited, give to something you're passionate about, you know, whether whether it's really anything, give to what you're passionate about. And I feel like that opened the door for people to actually sit and think about what charities they're passionate about, what they want to support and support. And maybe they'll find that they they like doing that. They like supporting that, and they bring that to their league. And uh, there's just a lot of places that need money this year. P- charities can't host events this year, so the, it, it it may seem like you you read about people donating charity to all charity all the time, but on the other front, they can't host events like they normally do each year to raise money. So there are a lot of charities hurting, and I'm I'm just. Really passionate that, that that people should really get out there and donate to what they're what they're passionate about this year.
2: Yeah, really, really good cause has been donated too. And you mentioned the Padoton. I'll be jumping on with the guys on, on Monday evening, uh, Eastern time. So looking forward to that as well. And that's going to do us for the first show off of the week. It's been an absolute pleasure having Scott on to talk SFBX and much, much more. Lots of good conversation going on. Really appreciate Scott jumping aboard the show. Make sure you're following him on Twitter at ScottFish24. And as I mentioned earlier in the show, Scott will be joining us for the second show of this week as well, coming out on Thursday. Don't miss out on that one. Make sure you share the word on social media. And of course, give us a written review on your favorite podcast app. You have been listening to Road of His Overtime on Road of His Radio. My name is Colum Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. My co-host is always Mr. Sean Siegel. And until we're back later in the week with the second show, have a good one.